Hello, my name is Karen Hughes and I am the Domestic Violence Clinical Services Coordinator for the Life Crisis Center and I want to welcome you to Life Crisis Today. Child abuse is often in the news and if it's been reported to social services or the law enforcement, often the child's going to have to testify. And to testify is scary. It's scary for adults and it's definitely scary for children. Well, there is a special program called CASA. We're going to be talking about that today. And I want to welcome Jerona Smith. She is the Regional Director for CASA. Welcome, Jerona. Thank you, Karen. Glad to be here. Yeah. CASA, the, um, that's a special program. Tell me about it. It's a very special program. CASA um, stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. And what we do is we advocate in the courts on behalf of abused and neglected children. Mm -hmm. um, what's the history? How long has it been around? And what's the history of CASA? Okay, the history of CASA started with Judge David Sukup, who was a judge in Washington State. Um, he was going to make a, a, a decision. He wanted to make a decision on behalf of a child mm -hmm. um, that they were hearing a case for. Mm -hmm. And he felt like there were a lot of professionals there, like social workers, mm -hmm. attorneys, um, other people that had a part to the case. But before he made a decision based on permanency or a permanent outcome for that mm -hmm. child, mm -hmm. he really felt like he didn't have enough background information to to make a permanent decision that would affect that child, that would have an effect on that child's life for the rest of his or her life. Mm. So that's when he started the CASA program. He asked for a few volunteers from within the community to just meet for lunch so he could describe to them some of the things that he needed them to do. And um, out of that request, he got 50 volunteers and the program just wow. kept growing and wow. expanding to what we have today. CASA's in um, all of the states across the United States, mm -hmm. I think for South, except for South Dakota. Okay. But, you know, it's a wide widely spread program. Okay. You talked about the volunteers. What do they do for the children? Uh, volunteers, first of all, have to build a rapport with those children. Mm -hmm. um, because they, what they do is they speak on behalf of that child in court. They're the child's voice in the court. They speak to what is in that best child, the child's best interest, mm -hmm. you know, and we work at the discretion of the judge. So we want to be able to provide the judge with all of the relevant background information that pertains to that child. And how do you do that? You know, you have to build that rapport mm -hmm. with that child. Right. And so they work with the children. What kinds of things do they do with the, ch with the children? As a CASA volunteers, they can typically work at their own discretion. You know, some things um, they do have to get permission to do, like carrying a child across state lines. If they want to go to take their child to a fair, mm -hmm. they can do that. If they want to take the child to dinner, they can do that. I have CASAs now who one of the child's requests is just to simply go to Walmart. So they can go to Walmart, walk around and look at some of the things they think they would, they would want to purchase, mm -hmm. you know, create their wish list or the CASA wish list. So mm -hmm. those are just some of the things that our CASAs do. Mm -hmm. Now that's what they do with the kids, children. What do right. they do is more on the professional side? On the professional side, what our CASAs do is they speak with 
family members, which can be biological parents, mm -hmm. foster parents. They can speak to whomever is involved in that child's case. Um, our CASAs do receive a letter of appointment that is actual, actually signed by the judge. Mm -hmm. So this gives them permission to speak to anyone that's pertinent to that child, the teachers, mm -hmm. um, doctors, attorneys. And so what that CASA is doing is just like gathering background information in order to give that little tidbit um, to the judge in order to help him or her make a sound decision. They're like the eyes and ears for the courts. Okay, okay. Um, so if I wanted to be a volunteer, what, what kind of training would I get? If you wanted to be a volunteer, first of all, we would ask you to complete an online application. Mm -hmm. And once we receive that application, then we go through, some people call it an interview, but we like to call it a talk because we want to get to know you better. Mm -hmm. We want to, when we're matching children with CASAs, we want to be able to make that match based off of personality types, mm -hmm. you know, or who's mm -hmm. can best fit that child's needs. So there is also that training portion where um, nowadays it's basically online because of Corona and mm -hmm. the things that have happened, but it's typically 30 to 35 hours worth of training that's mm -hmm. done self-paced. And we meet online like once a week to review the materials. And so after the training, uh, what happens is that you are actually sworn in by the judge. So there's an actual ceremony where you are sworn in and you're you can be at that time, after that time, appointed mm -hmm. to serve a child. Okay, okay. So if I am the volunteer and I am assigned to them, what would be the process be for me? How long would I be with the child? Um, what's the process? Okay, so upon receiving your first assignment, mm -hmm. um, we would have what we like to call a file review. Mm -hmm. This is where we give you information about the child. We give you some information about what brought them into care um, just because of HIPAA, you know. So after you receive that information, then we go out with you. The CASA staff, which typically is the volunteer supervisor, they go out and we like to have a home visit mm -hmm. where we meet with the foster parent, uh, we meet with the child, you introduce yourself. It's just very light introductions mm -hmm. so that they know who we are, they know who you are. Mm -hmm. And then after that, what CASA likes to do is at least have you visit your child at least once a month. You know, do a a face face to face visit once a month, mm -hmm. and we understand because of COVID and things like that, some people are still a little bit uncomfortable. So what we've been allowed to do is FaceTime. Mm -hmm. You can go to the door. You can talk through the door um, with your child. You can call them on the phone. You can text. You know, mm -hmm. that's what kids like to do oh, now. Definitely. <laughs> so you can text. It's just like a constant communication because. Things change almost daily in these children's lives. So once you are, appoint, are appointed, then it's up, we can give you advice on things with things to do with the child, but basically you're doing what you feel is best to build a rapport mm -hmm. with that child, to get them comfortable with you. And what their inter the child's interests are. What yeah. their interests mm -hmm. are you know, so that we can represent them appropriately when we go to court, mm -hmm. you know. So ultimately, after you've built that re rapport with the child and, you know, CASAs make recommendations 
um, during hearings. We're not parties to the hearing, but we're actually friends of the court. Mm. So that judge allows us to make rec written recommendations on that child's behalf, which is actually entered in as evidence. Mm -hmm. So as a CASA, you've gotten to meet this child, you've hung out with this child, you've been to their home, you've taken them out to dinner, you've just gone riding. So you've built sort of like a friendship with mm -hmm. this child so you understand, you begin to understand their needs. You begin to understand what their wishes are. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to put pieces of a puzzle together and in having a conversation with that child so that you can better speak to what is in that child's best interest. Mm -hmm. Because that is what we represent in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. We represent that child's best wishes. And mm -hmm. children, we serve children from birth all the way up until they age out at 21. Oh, wow. So okay. children can come in, you know, as infants that were left in the hospital, mm -hmm. you know, or they can come in as teenagers, mm -hmm. you know, due to no fault of their own right. and be a, be considered a child in need of assistance. Yeah. How long would a volunteer stay with a child? Um, typically, we ask that our volunteers at least um, see the case through until the child is placed in a permanent home. Mm -hmm. That could take six months. It could take a year. It could take a few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, it could take several years. Um, but the volunteer is doing what he or she feels comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, it's basically up to that volunteer, but most of our volunteers have built such a strong bond with the kids that they serve mm -hmm. that they want to be that voice mm -hmm. for that child mm -hmm. in the court. Mm -hmm. Like once they are assigned a case, they do not let go. Okay. And I even have volunteers now who basically one I spoke with yesterday who said, you know, he's been with his child for five years. Mm -hmm. And that child, even when his case closes, is going to remain a part of his family. Okay. okay. So that is the bond they built. I mean, I don't expect that for every volunteer, from every volunteer, but in that instance, right. that is the bond that they have built. Right. So it's a choice. Um, at least through the court case, they stay with them. But then after that, it's a choice with the volunteer and the family at as right. needed. If the child is adopted, then of course, it's up to the parents right. to decide whether they want, you know, someone else Still in, in their life. Still in their lives. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, we don't have an issue with that. Some of our families and adoptive families have asked that the CASA continue mm -hmm. to be in that child's life because they have forged such a great relationship. Right. And that's typically how it works. I can imagine that it's child abuse, so that's heavy work. How the volunteers, how do they get support or are there activities for them so that they can feel supported in their work? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of um, attention being focused now on helping the helper. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, because it is heavy work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of these cases, we have cases for kids who are, you know, have been physically abused to an extent that they're in different stages of healings, they're, mm -hmm. you know, broken bones and things like that, and our CASAs take on these cases. So every now and then, we have to have practice wellness for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? We have uh, volunteer engagement activities. Um, last Friday, we went to a Shorebirds game. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had ice cream socials. Mm -hmm. We've done walk, one, run, thrive events mm -hmm. on the boardwalk, which is basically a marathon where you 
walk or run. So we have activities where we get together um, at our offices, at our, our business location. We've had movie nights. Mm. Um, so we do things like that where we can sit down with each other and just let the load off. Right. Right. and just relate to one another right. on that level. Yeah. Now, abuse happens in all communities. Um, how about the diversifying with the volunteers? Are, is there a special project you're doing or emphasis on this? There is a great emphasis, not only for Lower Shore CASA, but the entire national CASA as a program, um, trying to diversify our volunteer pool. Mm. So right now as the regional director, I'm making a special push in communities of color. Okay. Um, because a lot of the children that we serve are children of color. Right. And most times I have been the only person of color in a courtroom. Oh. Not that that is extremely horrible, but it, that is not a representation of the community that we live right. in. Right. Um, so trying to get people of color to volunteer more mm -hmm. um, has been uh, one of the things that I'm really, really working on and mm -hmm. pushing for. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you serve the Lower Shore. Yes. So, um, and I know you've been with Worcester County, and but it's expanding. T tell me about that. Well, I'm so excited about that. Mm -hmm. Like, this has been a long time coming. We've mm -hmm. been working probably for the past two and a half to three years to bring CASA to Wicomico and Somerset counties. Mm -hmm. um, so it's finally happening. Um, on, on July 1st of this year, the CASA program will begin to serve children in Wicomico and Somerset counties. Okay. And we will be under our parent, op, our parent organization at that time will become Life Crisis mm -hmm, Center. Mm -hmm. But physically, where are you going to be? Our physical location would be the Wicomico County Courthouse. Okay. Um, so hopefully, like I said, on July 1, we will be ready to have our kickoff yeah, and start serving yeah. children. Yes. Yeah. Um, if I want to be a volunteer, what do I do? You need to fill out your application. Um, there is a link that we can provide that will take you to an application. Mm. You complete the application and that information will populate over to our database. Once we see your name pop up, then we'll begin to reach out to you and we'll start the process. Okay. So what is the link? The, you, I can be reached right now or the CASA link is casa at lifecrisiscenter.org. Okay. So they can just go right there and the application will be there and or they can reach you? They can reach me from that link. And since okay. we're right now working on moving over to the courthouse and right. moving over to life crisis, um, we're working on building that database okay. right now. But okay. we can get that information out to whoever's interested. Yay. Um, do you have like set volunteer trainings or is it just whenever somebody's ready that, that it's an, because it's online. Well, what we do is we try to build a class. Okay. So what we have been doing for the last several months is building cl building a class where we go out, we do outreach in the community, mm -hmm. um, we participate in Third Friday events. Any event that we hear about within the community, we get out there and we outreach, we look for sure. volunteers. Sure. And once we get to a certain number, then we go ahead and we prepare to teach a class. Our, upcoming class is scheduled to start um, August 1st. Okay. August 1st we'll okay. have our next right. class. So people still have time to, to reach out? People still have time to reach out. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. still have time to reach out. Okay.
Any last words about CASA? Anything else you wanted to say about CASA? Uh, I just want to ever let everyone know that CASA is a great program. And um, I started off as a volunteer myself. Mm -hmm. And once I began volunteering, you know, I, I could never shake the program mm -hmm. until, you know, to where I am right today as the regional director for such a great program. We need people. We just need everyday citizens mm -hmm. who live, work, and, you know, in the community right. just to sign up. If you have time, you don't need a special, you don't need special education. Mm -hmm. You don't need a degree. You don't need anything of that nature. You just have to have a willing heart to be the voice for these children in the right. courts. Right. Does it take a lot of time? It does not take a lot of time. You give the time that you have to give. Mm. Um, what National CASA likes to say is, you know, perhaps giving, if you can, 10 hours a month. A month, wow. 10 hours a month, if you can do that. If not, you know, then we work with you. Mm -hmm. But at the least, you know, just you're giving from your heart, so you're doing something. Giving something is better than giving nothing. Right. And be that voice for the, for the child. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gerona. And I know this is hard work, but, but it's rewarding work. Very much yeah. so. Very much so. Every day, you know, I go home feeling like I made a difference um, for that day, if not just for one child's life. Right. You know, when we go to hearings and different things like that. Right. And seeing the seeing and hearing the recommendations made by our volunteers that have really made a difference um, in that child's outcome right, right. for permanency. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I want to thank you for joining us. The Life Crisis Center is there to help you to be that to be a voice or to also. Listen, that's what we're really good at is listening. We do have a 24-hour hotline, and the hotline number is 410-749-HELP. Again, 410-749-4357. We're also part of the 211 system, which is information and referral. So if you just need to find a referral someplace, I know I Google things all the time, but it's so quick just to call the um, Life Crisis Center and get it through um, their database for the state of Maryland. We're also part of text to chat for those folks who don't like to chat on the phone but want, do want to reach out, we do text. And that number is 898211. Now you will have to put in your zip code for that. We're online. Our website is www.lifecrisiscenter.org. We're also on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. There's lots of ways to get your answers to your questions, to have a voice, someone to just talk to, or if you want to try to be a part of our volunteers, whether through CASA or the Life Crisis Center, reach out. We'd love to help. And I also want to thank PAC14 to help us make this program available. Thank you.